Chapter Four of Doom Castle. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Carolyn. Doom Castle by Neil Munro. Chapter Four. Wanted a spy. The wail of a mountain pipe, poorly played, as any one accustomed to its strains would have admitted even if the instrument was one he loved and altogether execrable in the ears of montaillon called him to the salle where doom joined him in a meal whereof good mungo's juked hair formed no part mungo who had upheld ancient ceremony by his crude performance on the pure moor was the attendant upon the table an office he undertook with his bonnet on his head in token as his master whisperingly explained to count victor of his sometimes ill-informed purpose of conducting every formal task in doom upon the strict ladder of military codes as pertained in camps garrisons and strongholds it was amusing to witness the poor fellow's pompous precision of movement as he stood behind his master's chair or helped the guest to his humble meal the rigidity of his inactive movements or the ridiculous jerkiness with which he passed a platter as it were to the time of a drill-surgeon's baton more amusing still to one able like count victor to enter into the humour of the experience was to have his garrulity get the better of him in spite of the military punctilio the baron was telling me about your exploit with the lochsloy party man did i no think yet come by boat he whispered over a tendered ale-glass it was just my luck to miss such a grand ploy i would a bat ye and hold the water against black andy and all his clan and they're no slack at a tulsi ye may be grand in a fight mungo but only a middling man at a forage interrupted his master i think ye said jugged hair it wasna my fault explained the domestic that ye have now what was stipulated the baron wouldna bide till the beast was cooked doom laughed come come mungo said he the count would scarcely be expected to wait for the cooking of an animal running wild in the bracken twenty minutes ago oh it disna take so terribly long to cook a hare said the unabashed retainer but was it a hare after all mungo asked his master are you sure it wasn't a rabbit a rabbit cried he in astonishment then more cautiously well if it was a rabbit it was a gay big one that's all i can say and he covered his perturbation by a retreat from the room to assume his office of musician which it appeared demanded a tune after dinner as well as before it what had seemed to montaillon a harsh discordant torturing of reeds when heard on the stair outside his chamber seemed somehow more mellowed and appropriate pleasing even when it came from the garden outside the castle on whose grass-grown walk the little lowlander strutted as he played the evening melody of the house of doom a pibroch all imbued with passion and with melancholy this distance lulled it into something more than human music into a harmony with the monotone of the wave that thundered against the rock 
it seemed the voice of choiring mermen it had the bitterness the agonized remembrance of the seas profound it was full of hints of stormy nights and of old wars for a little doom and his visitor sat silent listening to it the former with a strain upon his countenance tapping nervously with his fingers upon the arm of his chair an old custom in the highlands he explained i set perhaps too little store by it myself but mungo likes to maintain it though he plays the pipe but indifferently and at this distance you might think the performance not altogether without merit i love music replied count victor with polite ambiguity and he marvelled at the signs of some deep feeling in his host till a late hour they sat together while count victor explained his mission to the highlands he took much but to be sure he did not at first tell all he recounted the evidences of the spy skilled as a correspondent with the british government whose pay he drew while sharing the poor fortunes and the secrets of the exiled jacobites iscariot my dear baron he protested was a bayet compared with this wretch his presence in your locality should pollute the air have you not felt a malaise it's doom's hard admitted the baron throwing up distressed hands but man i'm feared he's not the only one do you know i could mention well-kent names far ban in the cause men not hereabouts at all but of lochaber no less though you may perhaps not guess all that means and they're in paris up to the elbow now in the same trade it's well known to some of yourselves or should be and it puzzles me that you should come to the shire of argyll on account of one as i take it no worse than three or four you might have found by stepping across the road to roisin's coffee-house in the rue vougar the commoners in the late troubles have been leal enough i'll give them that credit but some of the gentry wag their tongues for prince terlach and ply their pens for gordy's pay the servant came in with two candles placed them on the table and renewed the fire he had on a great woolen night-cowl of gaudy hue with a superb tassel that bobbed grotesquely over his beady eyes i'll away to my bed if it's your will baron said he with a customary salute i was thinking it might be helpful for me to bide up a while later in case any of the coon's friends came the way but the tide'll keep them off till the morning anyway and i'm sure we'll meet them at the boulder then if we had good sleep he got permission to retire and passed into the inky darkness of the corridor and crept to that part of the vacant dwelling in which he had his bed there might be another reason for my coming here said montaillon resuming the conversation where mungo's entrance had broken it off in this affair there was a lady i knew her once he paused with a manner showing discomposure and there was liking i can comprehend said doom with sympathy liking is but love without wings said montaillon my regard soared above the clay i loved her and i think she was not indifferent to me till this man came in her way he had they say the devil's tongue at least he had the devil's heart and she died six months ago with her head on my arm i could tell you the story monsieur le baron 
but it is in all the books and you can fancy it easily she died forgiving her betrayer and sending a message to that effect by me i come to deliver it and by god to push it to his heart it is a dangerous errand in this country and at this time said doom looking into the fire ah but you did not know cecile replied montaillon simply but i know the human heart i know it in any man under the sober age of thirty better to let it rest thus excuse my interference it does not matter much to me that it should be out of my house you should go seeking for your vengeance but i am an older man than you and have learned how quickly the worst misfortunes and wrongs may be forgotten in your place i would leave this man to the punishment of his own conscience montaillon laughed bitterly that said he is to assume a mechanism that in this case never existed pardon me i pray you but i prefer the old reckoning which will be all the fairer because he has the reputation of being a good swordsman and i am not without some practice and the man's name you have not mentioned it but there you puzzle me he was eight months in france six of these in lodging beside the bagneurs on the estrapade rue dauphine he came with no credentials but from glengarry and now glengarry can give no account of him except that he had spoken familiarly to him of common friends in the highlands oh glengarry alastair ruat exclaimed the baron dryly and presumed to be burdened with a dangerous name he passed with the name of drimdrock drimdrock repeated the baron with some apparent astonishment i have never seen the man so far as i know for i was at Camercy when he hung about the lady drimdrock repeated doom reflectively a mere land title and some words he dropped in the ear of the lady made me fancy he might be found at the court of argyll drimdrock drimdrock i ken no one of the name though the name itself for very good reasons is well known to me have you any description of the man not much a man older than myself dark well-bred i should say a man something like yourself if you will pardon the comparison with a less easy mind if he remembers his friends and his past doom pushed back his chair a little from the fire but without taking his eyes from the peats and made a curious suggestion you would not take it to be me would you count victor laughed with a gesture of his hand that made denial all unnecessary oh but you do not know went on the baron some months of cabling with our friends even our highland friends in the france left me with an unwholesome heart that would almost doubt my father in his grave you mentioned the name drimdrock is it not an odd thing that you should speak of it to the only man in the shire that ever had the right to use it do you see this and rising he stepped to a recess in the wall only half curtained so that its contents overflowed into the chamber and by a jerk of the hand revealed a strange accumulation of dusty documents in paper and in parchment he looked at them with an aspect of disgust and stirred them with a contemptuous toe as if he meddled with the litter of a sty that's drimdrock said he intensely bitter 
that's drimdrock and duntorville that's the isles the bonny isles of loco that's damn like to be doomed too that and this ruckle of stones we sit in are all that's left of what was my father's and my grandfather's and their forebearers back till the dark of time and how is it you may ask let us pretermine the question till another occasion anyway here's drimdrock with the lave at any rate the weight of it in processes records caveats multiple pointings actions of suspension and declator interim decrees fudgy warrants comptes and reckonings god i have the cackle of the laws in my head like a bellant and what's the wonder at that with all my practice he stooped and picked up from the confused heap of legal scrivenings by fingertips that seemed to fear infection a parchment fouled with its passage through the courts and law offices you're in luck indeed said he for there's drimdrock all that's left of it to me the land itself is in the hands of my own doer petulo the writer down by and scab sees his bestial becky threw the relic of his patrimony he dropped the curtain he turned to his guest a face that tried to smile come let us sit down again he said and never heed my havers am i not thankful to have doom itself left me and the company of the hills and sea after all there are more drimdrocks than one in the highlands for the name means just the place at the back of the oak wood or the oaken shore and oaks are as plentiful hereabouts than lawyers are in the burg down by i but mentioned it to show you the delicacy of your search for you do not know but what i'm the man you want though i'm sitting here looking as if acting trusty for the hanoverian cause did not fill my pouches tenez monsieur bethune was scarcely like to send me to doom in that case said the count laughing but bethune like yourself may never have seen the man but yes it is true he did not see him any more than i did drimdrock by all accounts was a spendthrift a player a bavar his great friends glengarry and another scot balhaldi oh balhaldi blethering balhaldi cried doom contempt upon his countenance and balhaldi would sell him i'll warrant he seems this drimdrock to have been doom's unlucky in his friends i say all i've said to you count because you're bound to find it out for yourself some day if you prosecute your search here and you might be coming around to me at last with your over-ready pistol when i'm ill-prepared to argue out my identity furthermore i do not know the man you want about the castle down by his grace has a corpse of all kinds that you might pick from nine times out of ten without striking an honest man some of them are cadets of his own family always blunt opponents of mine and of our cause here and elsewhere some are incomers as we call them a few of them from clans apparently friendly to us when in other quarters but traitors and renegades at the heart some are spies by habit and repute there is not a friend of mine among them not an all the fat and prosperous rabble of them but i wish you were here on another errand though to doom my poor place you are welcome i am a widower a lonely man with my own flesh and blood rebel against me he checked his untimeous confidence 
and yet i have been chastened by years and some unco-experiences from a truculent man to one preferring peace except at the last ditch eh bien monsieur this is the last ditch said montaillon spy and murderer monsieur le baron and remember i propose to give him more than the murderer's chance when i agree to meet him on a fair field with a sword in his hand i have seen you lunch sir said do meaningly i ken the carriage of a fencer's head your eyes fast your steps light with the sword i take it drimdrock is condemned and your practice with the pistol judging from the other affair with the macfarlanes seems pretty enough you propose or i am mistaken to make yourself the executioner it is a step for great deliberation and for the sake of a wanton woman sir cried montaillon half rising in his chair doom's eyes gleamed a quiver ran over his brow and a furrow came to the jaw his hand went to his side where in other days there might have been a dagger it was the flash of a moment and died again almost before montaillon had seen and understood mille pardons said doom with uncouth french i used the word in its most innocent sense with its kindliest meaning but i was a fool to use it at all and i withdraw it count victor bowed his head so said he perhaps i am too much quichotte for i saw her but a few times and that briefly she was like like a fine air once heard not at all to be remembered never wholly to be forgot she had a failing perhaps the era of undue affection to qualify her for a sinful world as it was she seemed among other women some rarity out of place venus at a lantern feast and you would send this man to hell that he may find his punishment in remembering her if i thought so much of vengeance i would leave him on the earth forgetting monsieur le baron i make you my compliments of your complaisance said count victor rising to his feet and desirous to end the discussion i am only victor de montaillon poorly educated in the forgiveness of treachery and lamentably incapable of the nobility de coeur that you profess but i can be grateful and if you give me the hospitality of your house for a day or two i shall take care that neither it nor its owner will be implicated in my little affair touching retirement he went on with a smile i regret exceedingly an overpowering weariness i have travelled since long before dawn and burning the candle parle debout is not as master mungo hints conductive to a vigorous reception of the macfarlanes if they feel like retailing to-morrow and making your domicile the victim of my impetuosity and poor marksmanship doom sighed took up a candle and led the way into the passage a chill air was in the corridor that smelt like a cellar underground and as their footsteps sounded reverberant upon the flags uncarpeted doom castle gave the stranger the impression of a vault fantastic shadows danced macabre in the light of the candles they were the only furniture of that part of the rough dwelling that the owner shuffled through as quickly as he could to save his guest from spying too closely the barrenness of the land he went first to the outer door with a candle before he said good-night drew back great bars and opened the oak the sky was studded with pale golden stars the open air was dense with the perfume of the woods the saline indication of the sea-ware 
on the rocky edge of the islet at one part showed the white fringe of the waves now more peacefully to the north brooded enormous hills seen dimly by the stars couchant terrors vague vast shapes of dolors and alarms doom stood long looking at them with the flame of the candle blowing inward and held above his head a mysterious man beyond montaillon's comprehension he stood beside him a pace or two shivering in the evening air you will be seeing little here i'll warrant count but a cold night and an hospitable vacancy hard hills and the robber haunting them for me that prospect is my evening prayer i cannot go to sleep without it for fear i wake in paradise and find it's all by with doom and the native hills for me and by that he seemed to montaillon more explicable it was the lover he was the sentimentalist the poet knowing the ancient secrets of the animate earth taking his hills and valleys passionately to his heart the frenchman bowed his sympathy and understanding it's a wonder mungo kept his word and went to bed said the baron recovering his ordinary manner for it would just suit his whim to bide up and act sentry here very well pleased at the chance your coming gave him of play-acting the man of war he bolted the door again with its great bars then gravely preceded his guest to the foot of the turret stair where he handed him the candle you're in the dreary air of the house he said apologetically but i hope you may find it not uncomfortable doom is more than two-thirds but empty shell and the bats have the old chapel above you oi jamat good night he turned upon his heel and was gone into the farther end of the passage as montaillon went up to his room the guttering candle flame puffed at by hidden and mischievous enemies from broken ports and gun-slits showed upon the landing lower than his own a long corridor he had not observed upon his first ascent with the candle held high above his head he glanced into the passage that seemed to have several doors on either hand in a castle so sparsely occupied the very knowledge of this long and empty corridor in the neighbourhood of his sleeping apartment conferred a sense of chill and mystery he thought he could perceive the odour of damp decayed wood crumbled lime hanging rotten and stagnant airs and covered with the dust of years dieu he exclaimed involuntarily this is no camercy he longed for some relief from the air of mystery and dread that hung about the place a laugh would have been a revelation a strain of song a miracle of healing and all at once he reflected upon the annapla as yet unseen these might be her quarters he reflected finding a solace in the thought the chill was at once less apparent a pleasant glow of companionship came over him higher up he held the light to see the farther into the long passage and as he did so the flame was puffed out it seemed so human a caprice that he drew himself sharply against the wall ready by instinct to evade any rush or thrust that was to follow and then he smiled at his own alarm at a trick of the wind through some of lamont's ill-patched walls and found his consolation in the sense of companionship confirmed by the sight of a thin line of light below a door midway up the curious passage annapla for a louis 
he thought cheerfully. Thank heaven for one petticoat in doom, though that, in truth, is to concede the lady but a scanty wardrobe. And he hummed softly as he entered his own room. Wearied exceedingly by the toils of the day, he had no sooner thrown himself upon the bed than he slept with no need for the lullaby aid of the sea that rumoured light and soothingly round the rock of doom. End of chapter 4